Iran demands FIFA kick USA out of World Cup. 9-11 truth leader dies. COVID protests in China. With VT's Dr. Kevin Barrett, join us as we seek the truth. Right here, right now, on VT Radio. Let's go. With host Johnny Punish. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Kevin Barrett. How was your Thanksgiving Day holiday? It was excellent. We had a, a turkey and lots of other really good stuff. Is it snowing over there? We got a little bit of snow a week ago, but it hasn't come back since then. Weather over here in Baja, Mexico is about 75. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> well, lots of news hitting the wire today. Iran demanding USA be removed from the World Cup. And COVID got hot again in China. But first, we lost David Ray Griffith. Um, one of the main leaders of the 9-11 Truth Movement. Your thoughts? Yeah, David Ray Griffin was the preeminent scholar in the 9-11 Truth Movement. He's actually a, a very uh, accomplished scholar in a number of fields, and he just passed away uh, a few days ago, apparently, the age of 83. He's had serious health problems for the past several years. He had a stroke, I think it was, I don't know, seven, eight years ago or something. It was a while ago, and so that slowed him down. And he couldn't come on my radio show anymore because he had a bit of aphasia, but he could still write very well. Anyway, David Ray Griffin is really the, he's the guy who changed my life by getting me into the 9-11 truth movement. I might have found it anyway eventually, but in late 2003, I heard that David was working on that issue and arguing that something very different happened at the Pentagon and especially at, at the World Trade Center uh, than we had been told. And indeed, the Trade Center had been demolished through some explosive process, it didn't just fall down because it was hit by jetliners. And at that time, that seemed a pretty radical thing to be hearing from him. I was a little suspicious about 9-11, but I, I really hadn't credited those kinds of rumors. But I, I looked, you know, I knew he was a really solid scholar, researcher, and brilliant guy. So I looked into it and discovered he was right. And so that's pretty much how I ended up leaving the academy and uh, coming into the world of alternative media and publishing. So David, uh, was he and John Cobb are really the two leading lights in what's called process theology, which is an approach to sort of a coming out of the Protestant Christian tradition that is based on philosopher, the philosophy of Alfred North Whitehead. It's really good stuff. You know, these guys are, when I was doing religious studies related stuff for my PhD, which is in, you know, Arabic Islamic studies, North Africa, uh, that was the most interesting thing going in, in, Eng in the English-speaking world in religious studies. So these guys are, you know, David was was a really important uh, figure even before 9-11. And then when 9-11 happened, um, he jumped into it, published, I think, over a dozen books on the topic. Uh, I have most of them on my shelf over there. <laughs> and, uh, he did just fantastic work. And, uh, it's you know, we're, we're going to miss him. The planet is uh, is diminished without him. I was made aware of the movement by yourself about 10 years ago. And of course, you were brought in by David. Wow, he was something, boy. Yeah, yeah, he, he was uh, quite a guy. And uh, I got permanently inducted sort of into the 9-11 Truth Movement Legions after I brought him to Madison, Wisconsin for his talk in April of 2005. And that talk was then broadcast live on C-SPAN nationwide and then rebroadcast several times and became the introduction to the whole issue for a lot of people. He gave a fantastic talk, and because C-SPAN came to cover it, 
we had a great turnout. We had almost 500 people show up to, to see it in person. Uh, and, and the success of that event, which was the first time that 9-11 Truth had really broken through in a big way, got me kind of, you know, dragged. <laughs> I wasn't kicking and screaming exactly, but before that I hadn't really planned to make that a major focus of my life, although I, I plan to keep talking about it. But once that happened, then I had to keep kind of going to conferences and talking to the people of the movement and things like that. I got, I got more involved in it. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, I've been in, I was in contact with David on and off right up through after he had his stroke. Uh, I had him on the radio show quite a few times and exchanged emails with him a bit. And uh, he's, you know, his process theology and his systematic rethinking of Christian theology is really interesting, especially for Christians, especially Protestant Christians. So if there are any Protestant Christians out there, who are interested in a viable approach to uh, to Protestant thought, uh, check out Process Theology. In fact, Process Theology is actually relevant to everybody. It's very much worth uh, checking out. Where does the 9-11 movement stand right now? Well, I, I think it's, it's created a, a real schism uh, between the people who have essentially understand what's going on, not only regarding 9-11, but in general, the way, the way, Western society works and the people who don't, you know, it's basically created a really sharp distinction or in what in Islam we call a furqan between the, the people of truth, the ahlul haq and the people of the lie uh, and the, the Hizbush shaitan, party of shaitan. And that's that distinction, you know, carries over into, onto a lot of issues. I mean, basically people who actually believe that radical Muslims somehow caused the whole world trade center to explode into powder um, are living in a radically false world. You know, they're, they're basically in the matrix. And uh, the people who've created that false world for them are demonic. So essentially, everybody who's stuck in that uh, false paradigm is living in a de- demonically constructed prison. And it's become, uh, you know, the, it spills over into other issues in terms of basically not understanding that we are, our society is ruled by demonic forces and that the people at the top of our social power pyramid are quite literally demonic. Um, if you read Whitney Webb's book on uh, One Nation Under Blackmail, you get a sense of the psychopathic gangster uh, evil, the sheer, you know, satanic uh, uh, horror of the type of people that rule our society. So those of us who have awakened to that, and 9-11 is really the sharpest slap in the face and wake-up call, uh, are, are you know living in a world that at least in some ways has some correspondence to reality. And we're outside of that prison, that prison matrix constructed by these demonic forces. And so I think the 9-11 truth movement was the single most important uh, step towards really breaking up that uh, the kind of social consensus that we used to have uh, the consensus reality, and, and now we have that sharp distinction between the, the people of truth and the people of the lie. To me, it feels like the peak of American empire was 1945 to 9-11-2001. Your thoughts? Well, you know, I think in a sense the peak might have been a little bit earlier. Um, and, of course, maybe that was partly just based on my own experience when I went through the the kind of the, the, the media, uh, five or 15 minutes of fame there in 2006. But in that, from that period, from sort of 2005 through 2007, we had the breakthrough into mainstream media, uh, and it didn't really work 
at least not right away, for the, the people who had decided to attack the truth movement in hopes that they could get rid of it that way. They couldn't get rid of it by ignoring it. It just kept growing. So in that 2000, actually about 2006, middle of 2006 is when they decided, decided to attack it all out. And the repercussions of that attack of you know me being on Hannity and Combs, uh, Jim Fetzer being on Fox News, and, and some other coverage we got, See, Stephen Jones getting some coverage on CNN and things like that. Uh, and of course, the C-SPAN coverage of both, you know, these events I was involved with, David Ray Griffin's talk at Madison and the Chicago 9-11 Truth uh, get together in early June of 2006. Uh, and then Alex Jones later that same month had an even bigger 9-11 uh, Truth get together out in Los Angeles with like 1,500 people or something. And that got broadcast on C-SPAN as well. So all of that stuff was happening in 2006. And the pushback against the movement didn't really work, uh, at least not quickly. So the poll showed that as of about 2006, 2007, I think it was, um, 36% of Americans thought it was either likely or very likely that 9-11 had been essentially a false flag designed to trigger wars in the Middle East. So 36% is uh, well over 100 million Americans thought that way at that point. And other polls found that as few as about 15% really fully embraced the official story. Uh, and at that time, Newsweek came out with an article saying the 9-11 truth movement was now mainstream. This was no longer a fringe movement. It was right there in the mainstream of American politics. Of course, then they got their orders and had to vilify it and, and try to chase it back to the margins. So I, I think also because it was, uh, the, what, I think when it really died, or not died, but when, when it started to uh, wane a little bit uh, was the election of Obama. Because Obama was cast as a peacenik opponent of the war agenda of Bush and Cheney. Now, it had mostly been left liberal Democrats who supported the truth movement. Uh, and they, a lot of them, were brainwashed into believing that by pulling the lever for Obama, they could get themselves back into a reasonably sane country with sane leadership. And so they did that, and then they kind of just lost track uh, of things and started, you know, a lot of those people drifted back into uh, accepting the lies uh, of mainstream media propaganda. So I think it, it's really started, you know, the movement was building, building, building right up until the election of Obama. And then since then, it's kind of dwindled as a specific 9-11 movement. But this larger movement uh, against uh the mainstream media consensus reality has continued to grow. And that was the main factor actually behind getting Trump elected in 2016. Trump was able to win by running against the mainstream media because such a huge segment of the public no longer believes mainstream reality. So in that sense, the movement never died. It's, it's still growing even as we speak. Let's talk Iran. Here's what happened today. Iran state media is calling for the U.S. to be kicked out of the 2000 22 FIFA World Cup after a controversial show of support on social media. It seems over the weekend, the USA Soccer Federation modified the Iranian flag in a social media post put out on its platforms. They removed the Islamic emblem. What's with the contempt? Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Um, talk about Islamophobia. You know, of course, 9-11 was designed to inculcate uh, rabid genocidal Islamophobia. That was its main purpose. 
in order to convince Americans to be willing to go along with this Zionist crusade against uh, the West Asian Muslim people. And these, these wars that have killed up to close to 30 million people, according to the research of Dr. Gijin Palia. That was so, so the Islamophobia is just over the top. And uh, today it's hard to tell who's more Islamophobic. Some of these alt-right white nationalist types on one hand, or the, the left-wing pro-LGBTQ crowd on the other. Uh, and frankly, uh, I find the, the, the pro-LGBTQ left-wing crowd actually much worse in many ways. You know, they, they hide their bigotry in a way that the people on the right wing don't. It's sort of like the black people who used to say, you know, I like those Southern white people better. You know, if they're, if they're bigoted, they'll just tell you to your face. Whereas these Northerners, you know, they hide it and they're, they're, you know, they'll stab you in the back. And that's kind of how it is uh, if you're a Muslim with the uh, the left wing supposed supporters of Islam who want to, pr- to protect you against those evil right wing bigots, but they stab you in the back at every step along the way. And they are trying to genocidally destroy Islam as a religion and to destroy Islamic culture and to replace it with this woke paradise uh, for, you know, transsexual transvestites from Transylvania, these, you know, 50 flavors of, of perverted gender uh, and, you know, buggery in the streets and, you know, sodomy as, as, a, as a sacrament, this kind of thing. These people are insane and they hate Islam because, you know, the actual Islam, real Islam obviously doesn't go along with that sort of thing. It teaches a spiritual path that requires abnegation of these animal bestial elements of the personality and the, and the, you know, the aggrandizing ego and so on, which are all the basis of the personality that's been inculcated by Western secularism. And these, these liberal progressivists are the most rabid people in favor of just destroying God, destroying spirituality and making life uh, one big, you know, satanic uh, carnival in hell. And so they're trying to impose that on the world. They're trying to commit cultural genocide against the Islamic countries of West Asia, like Iran. And so when they erase a symbol of Islam from the Iranian flag, I mean, that's, you know, that, that's just over the top. I mean, those people really should be prosecuted for cultural genocide. Uh, that's a symbolic, it, it, symbolic of a cultural genocide that is actually occurring. And frankly, the Islamic people of the world really should rise up and resist this genocide, just like the Palestinians are resisting genocide in occupied Palestine. They have every right to wage war and do whatever it takes by any means necessary to stop this genocide. So let's let's be honest. Like Bin Laden, of course, was a CIA stooge, but everything he said about resisting the Jews and Crusaders was absolutely right on. Well, not everything, but a lot of it. Uh, you know, we're and, and so uh, to, to, to cut, cut it short. Uh, I, I hope uh, Iran kicks America's ass today. <laughs> well, the match is on right now as we speak, so we shall see. Now, let's talk China, COVID, and protests. Your thoughts? Well, you know, every place uh, has had this problem with, with these government-imposed lockdowns. And I think the difference is that the lockdowns in the West have been trial runs for their biological warfare campaign. That is, COVID is a U.S. biological attack on China. That's where it came from. And if you read Ron Unz's book on this topic, uh, the evidence is is clear and overwhelming. Uh, the, the book is called Our COVID-19 Catastrophe as Biowarfare Blowback. And you can feed those terms into your search engine, and it'll try to hide it from you, but eventually you'll find it. And so... 
the, the, the West is testing its ability to try to protect its people against ever more lethal biological weapons that it's planning to use against Russia, China, Iran, and anybody else that gets in the way of the unipolar uh, satanic uh, order of, of depraved uh, oligarchs who want to take over the world. And so China is resisting this. They are trying to protect themselves against what they know is an American biological attack. And COVID has a lot of nasty long-term effects, and the vaccines may be just as bad, if not worse, uh, at least the mRNA vaccines. And so China is, you know, scrambling to not only stop COVID, which it's it's it it is uh, a insidious and nasty bioweapon, but probably more importantly, they want to be able to send a message to the West that if you continue to attack us with biological weapons, as you have been doing, uh, taking out our our chicken supply with the bird flu in 2018, our pork supply with the pig flu in 2019, and then attacking us with COVID in uh, in late 19, 2019, creating this pandemic in 2020. If you keep doing this, we're going to be able to protect our people against it better than you can protect your people. So stop. <laughs> so that's what China, China is, is saying. Now, it's not, it has, it's not fun for the Chinese people, and probably they're tired of this zero COVID containment policy. I don't blame them. But it's, uh, you know, the situation I've described is unfortunately the reality. We're out of time. Thank you, Kevin, for being on VT Radio. Okay. Thank you, Johnny. Take care. Stay tuned to Dr. Kevin Barrett's podcast on truthjihad.com. He's got lots of stuff coming out. And make sure to support his work by becoming a member. Remember, just visit truthjihad.com. And, of course, remember to support VT Radio by becoming a Patreon member. Just visit us at veteranstoday.com slash vt dash radio have a great truth seeking day if you enjoyed this presentation hit the like button now also share it with your friends and don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode vt approves this message